You learn about important research that's happening right on campus. Learn about what the guests did before research, how they got involved in academia, and what kind of impact their research can have on you. The Alamac is covering it all from Thursday 12 to 12.30 p.m. on 93.3 CFMU, redefining radio in your community. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of QPCast. I mean, the Almamac. I'm your host, Adam Forte, and I'm recording this on the traditional territory shared between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe nations, recognized in the dish with one spoon wampum belt. That was a slip of the tongue, I'm sorry. Um, this is the Almamac. But um, maybe it's also a little bit of QPCast. Let me, let me explain. So this is a graduate research show, and as graduate researchers, um, you know, we spend a lot of time on campus. We spend a lot of money paying for tuition. We have to, you know, make ends meet somehow. And most of us do that through TAing. And it might surprise you to learn that as TAs, we're in a union. We're actually unionized and protected. <laughs> and that's really nice for us. But every couple of years, we have to renegotiate our contracts collectively, which is you know, it's good. It's good to renegotiate because things change. Um, but this year, things were not going so well. So um, we started renegotiating in the summer. And you might have heard we recently got into position to strike. So one of the things that I decided to do as a graduate student and as somebody who's going to graduate soon, I decided I wanted to, you know, take part in more things on campus in my last year and, you know, try things out that I haven't had a chance to try out. So I got more involved in the union and kind of at a perfect time because, uh, yeah, we had a lot of work to do this semester. So one of the things that I offered to do for the union was start um, a podcast just to get information out there to the graduate uh, students, what we were doing as uh, union representatives. And I called that CupyCast and I was releasing that weekly and I thought maybe today I would blend the two, Alma Mac and CupyCast, a little bit of science, a little bit of union stuff, um, because this has been a big week for the union. So um, I think maybe we'll start on the, the QP, the, the union side. And to join me today, I have, a, <laughs> I have a very special guest. I have a potentially nameless undergraduate student that I found in Musk. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Andrea. <laughs> okay, so I, I actually do know Andrea. Um, we, go, we go way back. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically for the first half, I'd like to kind of just explain to you what's been going on. So a lot of undergrads, I think, are unaware of what we've been doing. Yeah. And this, is, this, this kind of stuff really affects you guys. Um, so stop me. Anytime you have questions or anytime something doesn't make sense or to get like an undergraduate, if you have questions that, you know, relate to undergraduate stuff, voice them. All right. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. Um, we were planning on going on strike on Monday. We had some mediation that happened this week and we've reached a tentative agreement. So this has to still be ratified by our union um, body. And we're, you know, hopeful potentially hopeful that that's going to happen in some way. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything specific about that, but it's going to vote. We're, you know, probably maybe not going on strike, but if we did, that would drastically affect, you know, exams potentially. Um, Cause we do a lot of stuff as union members. Mm -hmm. 
So let's begin. <laughs> um, so we went into renegotiations this summer. So our contracts usually last, I think, about two years or so. And uh, when our contract came up, we you know sat down at the table with McMaster and we started, um, you know, we presented the stuff that we wanted, and they presented the stuff that they, you know, wanted to take back or wanted us to change. Um, so the kind of things that we were asking for, um, one thing that we always try to do is keep our pay afloat, um, keep it level with, you know, inflation. We don't get paid a lot. So mm -hmm. um, our hourly wage as TAs does seem really high. It's in the $40 an hour range, but we're only allowed to work 10 hours a week. There's a, like a, a cap in our contract. We're yeah. not allowed to work more than that. Um, and our employment requires that we pay tuition which is somewhere between like eight and $10,000. So to have this, this nice job, we have to you know, pay 10, 10 grand more or less. Mm -hmm. So like, it is nice to have, but it's, you know, it's not a cushy lifestyle necessarily. So we, we like to try to keep our you know, heads above water. But other things we were looking for was, uh, and this is one that I really focus on, I think, that I think is really important, is paid pedagogical training. So you've had tutorials with TAs, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you been impressed? Uh, you can be honest. I'm impressed when I find like a one that's very good at teaching. Mm -hmm. the The norm is kind of um, not not to be that impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fair. Like you're you're shoved into that job, but like, or you're shoved into a position of having to train and teach other people when you don't know how to do that. Yeah, it might be surprising to some listeners that. Uh, we don't receive any training on how to be good teachers or TAs. Um, I have a friend who just recently started grad school who trained to be a, a high school teacher. So she had to go to teacher's college and, you know, it took her two years or so. Mm -hmm. And now she was ready to, you know, teach elementary or high school students. Once we graduate our undergrad, we're just thrown right into a, a university classroom. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... <laughs> Which is kind of insane if you think that, like... The teachers that are teaching, you know, elementary or high school teachers, like that, that grade of knowledge or that level of knowledge is like, it, it's important. But like, if you're paying for university, the, the people that are in control or in charge of you kind of being able to learn mm -hmm. haven't been trained how to teach you or how to do that. Yeah, especially like first year courses where the, you know, class sizes are so big. I wouldn't be surprised if. Like, how often do you talk face-to-face -to, -face to your prof? Mm, that has happened zero times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like we as TAs are kind of the, the face. Yeah, you're, you're the, like, the mediator between, or, like, I don't know, the intermediate level between professors. You're the people that, if anyone does have a question, they, they go to. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say all, you know, TAs want to be great teachers. Some people just do it because they have to, you know, make money or something like yeah, that. Yeah, looks good on the resume. And that's fine. Some people don't want to teach, but I know a lot of people really do. Like, uh, honestly, TAing was what probably one of my favorite parts of grad mm -hmm. school. I, I really wanted to be a good TA. Yeah. But I would have to find time outside of, you know, research and outside of actual TAing to, you know, practice or, you know, be better. Yeah. I just feel like it would it looks better on McMaster if we have well-trained TAs. I don't know if that's ever in like the McLean's guide to universities when they do university rankings, but 
I think that should be mm-hmm. like satisfaction with TAs. Um, so that was one thing that we were asking for. Specifically, I think we were asking for five paid hours of pedagogical training, like how to be a good TA. Um, another thing was basically just a guarantee of hours. Um, as it stands in our contract, once we receive a certain amount of hours for a year, we're locked in. We're guaranteed to have that same amount next year or more mm-hmm. with a cap at 260 for the whole year. So one of the things that the university wanted to take away was that guarantee, um, which kind of puts us in a precarious situation if you can't guarantee you're going to have, you know, $10,000 a year mm-hmm. income. Anyway, we had, we had a whole bunch of back and forth. So negotiations, start, negotiations started in the summer and um, they kind of broke down very quickly. And the thing that broke them down was the prop- proposition of Bill 124. So I think I've ranted to you about this bill <laughs> quite a bit. So this is a, a, a Doug Ford bill. Um, are you familiar with... Uh, Mr. Ford, <laughs> the savior the, of our great province. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> so the idea here is uh, it's a wage cap for public employees. That was uh, the main idea behind this bill. Um, so it was proposed in the summer. It was going to cap public employees to a 1% wage increase for the next three years. Uh, 1% per year for the next okay. three years is a, you know... I don't know. As save, a means of like... Save some money or yeah. something. Um, so once that was announced, I believe the specifics, unit three of our union, so our union, CUPE, uh, Canadian Union of Public Employees, we're part of the biggest union in Canada. We're a small subsection, the local. I think our unit three, which was our postdocs, I believe they were in negotiation like the day that that was announced. And uh, then the employer took a time out they had to re they had to understand what the bill meant for it for you know negotiations and then talks sort of just stopped um which is frustrating so let's fast forward into like semester starts we still really haven't had any negotiation talks it's uh it's going it's not going anywhere mm-hmm. and that may seem alarming Mm-hmm. weird that there's just like no conversation and we sort of hypothesize in the union that this had to do with bill 124 not passing yet um it makes sense that you know if this one percent cap is going to be implemented that you know maybe if the university can wait us out for it to actually pass then you know they won't be able to give us any sort of uh wage increase yeah which like yeah <laughs> from a business point of view that kind of makes sense but it sucks because for i think the last five or so years many years now hamilton's uh rate of inflation has been about four percent yeah it's insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember when i first moved here i could get a one-bedroom apartment for maybe nine hundred dollars a month yeah uh that's not that's that not, not the case no <laughs> and like i don't know even the like quote undesirable areas are are rising like quite significantly Mm -hmm. so even yeah if we have this one percent increase and inflation is four percent increase that's sort of a de facto three percent pay cut every year Mm -hmm. which is bad for us obviously um 
And then kind of what made matters worse is our federal election started, and I guess the Conservative Party wanted to distance themselves a bit from Doug Ford. I guess he's not very popular around <laughs> here. I, I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, He brought us all that cheap beer. Yeah. <laughs> what? So actually two companies do the dollar, do, do the buck of beer thing. Do you know what beers those are? I have no idea. <laughs> Nat- cool, natural, natural, cool. Ah, uh, yes. Are you familiar with this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> they serve it at happy hours with a Z. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think no name brand. Okay. Yeah. The brand that just started be like producing beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, th- thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So federal election shows up or ha- begins, um, they want the current conservative party wants to sort of distance themselves from Doug. So he calls a, calls a timeout on uh, legislature until further notice. And that pause lasted until the end of the election. Basically it wasn't going to start up again until beginning of November. And so uh, we really wanted to get this negotiations rolling because, you know, if bill 124 passes, then we're in a really bad position. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it's hard to like continue on with your job, your schooling, like all of the stressors that influence your life when there's such a lack of clarity. Yeah. So that was upsetting for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess long to abridge this section, we didn't really get a meeting with them until one week after legislator uh, started up again. Um, and... Once we started having talks, we could tell that... So Bill 124 still hasn't passed at this point, and we can tell we're still not really getting anywhere. Um, Around this time, uh, there was a Board of Governors meeting that we, as a union, attended. Um, Do you you know about the Board of Governors? The shadowy cabal known as the... (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) I I know very little. (laughs) So uh, they're kind of the people who make the university run... Um, we, we were able to attend the board of governors meeting and they held it in like their, their big chambers, which has a lot of really nice watercolor paintings of previous <laughs> presidents and, and things. And there's okay. lots of tables and it was very official. Set on campus? Oh yeah. All right. We can go visit it if you'd <laughs> like. Um, but this is where they make a lot of decisions, like financial decisions. And the people on it are a mix of faculty members, um, people who work at banks and things, people who have financial stakes in this. Um, Mm -hmm. So these are the kind of people that you don't normally get to contact. So this was an awesome opportunity for the union to, you know, express our concerns. They're the people who, end of the day, get to tell their bargaining side what to do, more or less. So we made a, a, we pleaded with them, basically, to continue negotiating with us as if Bill 124 is not law, which at the time it was not. Um... So our, our great president, Nathan Todd, uh, gave a, a speech, which you can find at a previous episode of QPCast. But, uh, you know, he spoke in front of the Board of Governors and kind of room just kind of went silent. They asked for any comments, questions, and nobody really wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So he sat down and they continued on with their business. One piece of business being um, to pass a 3% pay increase to select people on the board, etc. Um, and I believe it was in their words to slip it in under Bill 124 before that passed. 
because mm-hmm. if they waited any longer, they wouldn't be able to do it, <laughs> which really frustrated us. It was a... Uh, it's kind of like a direct slap in the face, like particularly after just listening to some sort of speech about that. Yeah. So that kind of uh, grinded our gears. A yeah. Bit. It's disheartening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to emphasize, like, I'm complaining a lot about how this was going, but end of the day, we are, we do come back and we are on the same team. So it's extra frustrating that like, we want to get along with, yeah. <laughs> like we don't want to be enemies. We yeah. want to be working towards the same goal. The You don't want to writer. be a dysfunctional family. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, yeah, this was upsetting. So we, we got a conciliator. So this is uh, something you can apply for. Um, it's a government um, official that you can, you know, ask to basically help two disputing parties come to mm-hmm. an agreement. So we had a conciliation date set. Um, we're going to have a big negotiation. This person is going to come in and sort of mediate the negotiations. And um, no official like stories will come out of these uh, negotiations. It's kind of a closed-door situation. But um, we were told in general terms that you know the university was playing ball, so to speak, but um, was very slow about it. And... Uh, at the end of the day, pretty much nothing had been decided. Um, we had no further dates to meet. And that sucked. <laughs> um, somewhere a little bit after that, Bill 124 passed, which also really sucked. And things were kind of looking grim. And, I mean, still, on the pay side, are grim. Mm-hmm. So, so did the 3% increase go through then under that bill? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's, it's a merit-based increase, though. So if they do a good job... Well, who's determining that? The board of governors? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we managed to secure two more dates with a mediator, um, which I believe is slightly different from a conciliator, but I don't know. Two more dates. um, with Now with the dictate that Bill 124 is law, so we have to negotiate under those terms. Um, Worth noting, a lot of people don't like this bill, because it basically strips unions of the right to free negotiations, which is part of the Canadian Charter of mm-hmm. Rights and Freedoms. And like also kind of the, the function of a, of a union. Right. <laughs> and this isn't just like a 1% pay cap. It's compensation is the wording. So it's, it's kind of up to interpretation what that even means. Mm-hmm. Um, like vague terminology. So it's possible mm-hmm. that even the pedagogical training gets lumped into... Um, this compensation type thing. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to um, decipher what this means. Hopefully this gets overturned. I think it's going to go to courts like pretty fast because it's kind of like, it's kind of horrible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we got these mediation dates and it was during these mediation dates that we actually managed to get um, a tentative agreement. So one of the weird things about these tentative agreements, so I am on the strike committee, but I'm not on the bargaining committee, which means that I like all the other members of the union, don't get to know what's on it until we have our special general members meeting, which is coming up very soon. So (laughs) instead of going on strike on Monday, we're having our meeting on Monday. The time and place is yet to be determined. So if you're a grad student listening to this, keep checking your emails for um, a QP email that tells you when it is. That's when we lay out what uh, our bargaining team has, you know, secured from the employer. And then the next two days, we have um, <clears throat> we have a, a general vote whether we ratify it or not. 
So if we ratify it, great. Those are, this is our new contract. We go back to work. I mean, we've, we've been at work the whole time. If we vote no, then we go into strike situation. So as an undergrad, do you have any questions about what happens when TAs go on strike? Um, I mean, yeah, because like, I guess if, if the TA is not like, is on strike and is, is not there kind of like marking your exams, teaching you, like particularly now that it's nearly December, it's, we're, we are entering exam season. What happens? <laughs> like, <laughs> what happens when there's no one there to like, uh, I don't know, invigilate, facilitate like the marking of these exams? Yeah. Like so, that that influences a, a very large amount of people. <laughs> yeah. So this is like a big question mark for um, <clears throat> how a strike like this would um, unfold. So, yeah, TAs do a lot of this work. We, you know, don't just do tutorials, but we do a lot of the marking. So imagine like a first year course, like the engineering course I used to TA. There's roughly a thousand students and uh, against like... I really wish that we would go to a full multiple choice exam for that course for, you know, various reasons that I won't talk about here, but that's not the way it is. There's, I think, six or nine short answer questions. So when I was head TA for this course, after the exam, 40 TAs would sit in a room for five to eight hours marking these things and then inputting grades. Mm -hmm. That's, there's no way that could happen unless... I don't know six how to, to nine thousand <laughs> short answer questions. Yeah, so if it's just the the instructors marking this. They they could never mark that. Mm -hmm. And also, I imagine are busy with other kind of things that like oh yeah, being a professor entails. Yeah, so not only would this affect undergrads, but this is going to force you know profs to reimagine how the course works mm -hmm. like mid stride in effect. Um, but as far as undergrads go. There is uh, some guarantees that you guys have. And one of them is that if you feel like your grades have been affected in any way, so things are going to, things would get weird if <laughs> strikes yeah. happen. Yeah. Weightings are going to shift all over the place. Um, if for any reason you think your grades have been affected by this, there is a, there are avenues to uh, appeal those grades. And so the McMaster Students Union is equipped to help guide you through that. Um, our union also has information on how you can appeal these grades. Um, oddly, there's a fee attached to doing that, which, which seems really bad. <laughs> I mean, of course, you'd want some sort of like something in place so that not everybody is a mm -hmm. some sort of everything. administration fee or something. But it does seem inappropriate to have that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for undergrads. Anything that a TA would do is now canceled. Tutorials would be canceled. And it would be up to the prof to, you know, reassign marks. Um, so you really, think, nobody really wants to go on strike. So fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But uh, it looks like things are becoming better. Yeah, tentatively. <laughs> yeah, hashtag better Mac. <laughs> um, any other undergrad-related I don't know. <laughs> that was a lot of information. Um, yeah, I think I'm good right now. Okay. Um, there are places to go for more information. Uh, BetterMac.ca is our union's um, website. You can follow the hashtag BetterMac if you'd like. <laughs> um, and, of course, I'll put some stuff in the show notes about this. Um, oh, 
Have you ever considered applying to be a TA? Mm, no. <laughs> Did you know that undergrads can be TAs? Uh, I think I was loosely aware of that. Did you know that undergrads get paid half as much as graduate students when they're TAs? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, that's um, another thing that we had been negotiating. Um, I mean, we do the same job. Mm-hmm. We have the same amount of pedagogical training, which is zero. So mm-hmm. why should, you know. So I really hope that that's in our, our tenant of agreement or mm-hmm. whatever. But I don't know. We'll see. Small steps. Small yeah. steps. Little steps. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so this is still the Alma Mac, so maybe I can slip in some science here. Yeah. Um, I was, I've was i been telling you about that article I've been writing, right? About the octopus? The octopus. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I got a, a cool opportunity to write an article for Physics Today, which is a physics magazine that physicists read. It's um, an article I pitched about soft robotics. So have you experienced soft robots <laughs> uh i mean i'm watching westworld right now so Ooh, yeah that's right <laughs> there's all kinds of soft robotics there um yeah so the idea you know if you've ever sat on your iphone and snapped it which some people seem to do a lot <laughs> um you would you know probably appreciate what soft robots can be like or you know the benefit of having so soft robots soft robots Um, but the hard thing is that soft materials usually don't conduct electricity very well. So if you do have something soft, you still have to embed, you know, metal wires that could snap and, you know, chipboards that could also break. So we're always on the lookout as scientists, (laughs) material scientists, we're always on the lookout for ways of making soft electronics. And this group, um, demonstrated a pretty cool, um, method of doing that. They're using liquid metal as... Um, basically like veins, like Mm -hmm. liquid metal veins that replace typical wires in, um, in sort of like a, any sort of rubbery material. So that's cool unto itself, I think. But what they noticed is that it has some pretty weird properties. Um, you know about octopi, right? (laughs) If you, if you cut off their leg, it, uh will kind of respond to sensory stimulus, I think. Yeah, so there's been some uh, stories of this happening and some studies that, like, try to do this a little bit more quantitatively. But uh, you can decapitate an octopus and then tickle its its arms, (laughs) and the arms will respond uh, without its head. This is because they distribute part of their brain in their arms. And I'm using the term arms... Um, because that is literally, that, that is the correct term. And <laughs> if you don't agree, you can come to CFMU and fight me about it. You can take to the Google. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> but um, having this you know, soft body uh, for this electronic device and this soft, um, basically, conductive wire means that as you deform the material, the wire changes shape as well. Mm-hmm. And... Um, For reasons I don't have time to explain, as you change the shape of a wire, a thinner wire um, will have a higher resistance than a thicker one. Just more current can pass through a thick one. Um, So you can have these variable resistance wires, which sound bad if you think of a wire as like a phone charging cable, like inventing a a phone charger that changes the speed of charging as you, you know, move your cable around sounds like a horrible invention. 
Um, but you can do some pretty cool things. So if you have variable resistance um, spots, you can make pressure sensors. Uh, so if you like press the soft spot on this, you know, fake octopus arm, uh, you can change the resistance and have some sort of display happen. And then you can start linking these things together. And in this paper that I, I write about, they start linking these things together and make uh, some very rudimentary logic gates, which um, is kind of a, a prototype computer. Computers are effectively are just a bunch of logic gates thrown together. So the analogy that we draw, or they drew, is uh, this is kind of like the octopus's arm. This is a, a robot that doesn't need a central computing unit to take a stimulus and then respond. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like cutting the head off or cutting the central computer off, tickling the octopus arm and having it, you know, respond. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all the time we have. I'm sorry for just lecturing at you. But, <laughs> it's uh, okay. But thank you very much, Andrea, for coming on the show and letting me talk at you. No problem. And uh, here comes Get Lit. <laughs>